Sweet Talk, episode 39. It's lit. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganet himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Nobody has number 39. Nobody has number 39. Nobody. Should want number thirty nine. Right. Let me see. Let's see what pops up. Yep. Nobody. Literally nobody. <laughs> it's a pretty terrible number. But next episode is episode Sean Kemp, which is pretty dope. Oh, Sean Kemp. Yeah. Man child. Man child. What happened to Hamilton? What's he doing now? The crazy thing is, like, folks just fall off the map. You think they died. Like, it's like, what happened to that? I was thinking about um, somebody was talking about Larry Johnson, like mm. Grandmama with the yeah. gold tooth. LJ. And I was like, I don't know. Where did that guy go? They all just die, man. Man, That's I sick. think. Yep, there's literally. I thought he was doing. Person. I thought he was working with the oh. Knicks when he retired, but maybe not. Uh, they might. They kind of fade into the back office if they're lucky. If they're lucky. It's so crazy how these. Celebrities and athletes, like he was so iconic when he um he came out before he hurt his back. He was grandma. He was one of the hottest players in the NBA. Young guy, superstar, superstar. The Sneakers. crazy thing is, is, every time I talk bad about athletes, there's always somebody who pops up and they're like, "Well, well, what if, what if he's really good? Even the good ones don't don't last, man. He's in like." These dudes are at the top of the top, and maybe they're still financially set. I'm not even going to say, like, they don't last per se. Maybe they still have money. But maybe business, man, people think the business is just about making money. No, business is about, is about changing that entire community. So I'd rather just have a bunch of business leaders than professional basketball players. Plus, you, you, you don't blow your knee out. Like, you know. at, at 50, you just getting started. We are right. just getting started. We in our 30s, we just getting started. Kobe was done at 30. Was it 40? How old was it? How did, how old did he play until? Probably uh, like 38. Yeah, I think so. 20-year 20, 20 career. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Like 38. So. Um, and that's a long time in professional sports. That's a lot of wear and tear on the body. And LeBron looking at a lot of wear and tear on his body, too. Yeah. I mean... 20 years yep. playing at that level. He, he carries a lot of weight on him. I mean, it's not fat, but there's a lot of muscle on him. That's mm-hmm. a lot of wear and tear. A lot of dunking and jumping out the building. It's got to be crazy on the knees. I mean, you look at Deion Sanders. I saw him on a reality show one time. And he was riding around in his house on one of those things. Um, like you see at the supermarkets, like almost like a wheelchair, a motorized little car. Because his feet are so messed really? up from playing professional sports. So he still had money. That's but crazy. I didn't know that. His feet are bad. Maybe they were just doing that for the reality show, but I think it's probably mm-hmm. true. Yeah. He played what, two sports? Played two sports, right? Mm-hmm. It's rough, man. It is rough, man. The Rona is running wild in the streets. Mm-hmm. At least the rumors about the Rona are running yeah. wild in the streets. Scary times, man, because you never know what's what. Yeah. Like what's really going on around here? Oh, we're in this uh, curfews popping up, state of emergencies. Who knows what's going on? It's getting crazy and crazy. The scary thing is they, they aren't telling us everything. And so it's like there has to be some knowledge that these high, high up people have 
that we don't have because it doesn't make sense to shut down the entire world if it's just the flu. <laughs> right. Like, like, what's really going on, man? I need to know. I'm trying to figure out what is going on. Maybe they're just scared. They haven't seen some of this bad in a while. They're scared. You know, what's interesting is I've really keyed in on the vending machine business. Like, I feel like that's just what I've been looking at. And it's because, like, the hardest work with the vending machine business is actually having to service the route, which I'm looking to get out of doing. But, like, that's a vending machine money right there. Got that money. Money conversations. Money just all over the place. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) No, but, like, it's just they don't talk back, man. They don't give you excuses. Right. Like, I never go to a vending machine, and the vending machine is like, ah, man, it's coronavirus. Like, they just pay us what they owe us. And this is just – this is only, like, two machines worth of money. I only was able to hit, like, two machines. So, yeah, and then once we upgrade to that, I'm looking at two routes because we need more realistic on-time money. I'm like, I'd rather – because sometimes these machines don't kill it like people think they're going to kill it. But still, I'd rather have that than have to wait property taxes, insurance, tenants breaking stuff and then making you fix it. Just crazy stuff out here. Let's have a headache. Yep. Let's have a headache, man. So you said on Twitter, staying small to avoid student loans is ignorant. That's the whole tweet? That, that, that was, there was another one you said about it, but I don't have it right now. But so I, mean. I was talking to my mom who she has her master's in tax. She also has her undergrad degree in accounting and she's a CPA. And so student loan debt wasn't something that I'm foreign to. Like my mom went into debt to get her degree. And the crazy part about it is I was talking to somebody and I was like, if you look at my parents, their life is a lot further ahead than the people they grew up with, the people they were raised with, or even a lot of their brothers and sisters. And a lot of that is because my mom was willing to take on that student loan debt. But the conversation on Twitter these days or on Facebook a lot of times is like, oh, it don't make sense to go to college. You can do what you got to do without college and you don't got the student loans. And I hear it, but I feel like it comes from a place of ignorance. People are just kind of touting out things because they see life in the here and the now. They see life as we're all 25, we're all 30. Not, what does life look like when you're 50? All my friends, they went to college, they took on student loan debt, and if you looked at what they were making when they first got out of college, it's nothing. But now, they're managing banks, they're working on becoming deans at colleges, they're working on really excelling in their career. And even in myself, it's like, when you get out of undergrad, it's slow, but you still have that student loan debt looming. So for me, college costs 20 grand. And so 20 grand sounds like a lot of money, right, Raphael? It does. People are like, oh, man, I'm not going to spend 20. That's like 10 years ago. That's how much it costs. It actually cost me twice that because my mom paid the other half. But 20 grand sounds like a lot of money when you're 22. You're like, I got to pay out 20 grand, $20,000, 400 bucks a month. But at 33, I'm like, 20 grand? <laughs> like, that's it? And so, like, law school wasn't cheap. Law school costs like $200,000. MBA costs like another $100,000. But at 30, $300,000 sounds like a lot of money. Right. At 45, will it sound like a lot of money? Probably not. At 45, I would have settled multiple, multiple, multiple million dollar cases. 
And so my point is that like a lot of people, the opposite of not going into debt to grow is staying where you are and avoiding student loan debt. And I just, I feel like there's power in, in, in education, the right education. A lot of times I'll make that statement and somebody say, oh, it doesn't make sense to go into student loan debt if you're going to get a degree in basket weaving. I'm like, didn't you just see like six months ago, I was going on a rant against getting degrees and bullshit. Like I told you not to get a degree in bullshit. Right. I see countless people. This dude that I follow on social media, um, he just bought him a dope BMW i8. He went to USC Med. Like people are killing it that went into student loan debt and it doesn't look good in the immediate moment, but long term, it's gonna it's gonna set you up, and it's setting me up to the point where now, the knowledge and the wisdom and the intellect that I have has allowed me to eliminate all of my student loan, eliminate all my credit card debt, create a passive income source that is growing day by day, and now that income source pays for my housing expense. So now all my working income goes to me which now allows me to chunk up my student loan debt more aggressively. But my intelligence did that, not my hard work, not any of that other stuff. Um, And it grows day by day. And so people are like, what is that passive income source? Well, since you want to know, I'm going to tell you so. Aside from the real estate, which is great. Aside from the vending machines, which are great. Aside from the barbershop, which has its ups and downs. Aside from the consulting company, which has been doing numbers. I also created a community based on people who are trading options. That community pays me $20 per month. There are 150 people in there that I checked last time. $20 times 150 people. Actually, it's more than 150. Let me see. It's 182, Raphael. Whoa. $20 times 182. I don't do stuff for free. I learned that after doing the investment club for stocks, I'm not doing free stuff. I'm not giving them free game. They can run off and stun on me. I'm not teaching them everything I know so they can run off and stun on me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do all those different things. Folks got to pay. 182 times $20 is $3,640. My housing expense is $2,000, Raphael. I was just happy when I paid off the housing expense. Now we got an additional passive income source of $1,640. Right, this right, month right. alone to pay me four grand because some people pay annually. So all that is intellect. And the crazy part about it is now we just going to expand. I'm going to just buy more investments. I'm going to just invest more money. And we're going to really just continue to wrap it up. Because like little baby said, I said, I finally made it. I'm never going back. But a lot of it comes from a lot of action. So we do all the action. We do all these things. And great things come to us, man. Like, Nothing is for free. Everything we've done is going to generate income for us. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at partnerwithmillie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. So that's interesting when you're talking about um, eliminating your housing expense. Now, we talk, everybody talks about, you know, you got to build wealth and all this stuff, but I see all you were talking recently about, you know, before we get to wealth, at least let's get financial freedom, like eliminate the housing expense. I mean, before you get to wealth, like these gr- this grand thing, financial freedom, not so bad. Meaning eliminating an expense. Starting mm-hmm. with bills. That car here, note bills. gone. Mm-hmm. Get the car note gone. Get the housing expense gone. 
Yeah, man, that's cool. And you also tweeted, it's crazy how wealth compounds. You still get paid in year three for work you did in year one. Why do you do the work right. in year three? Man, I love that tweet. And I think it just kind of speaks to building a business. I always tell people, like, when you build a business, you're getting paid in year three for the work you did in year one. And so a lot of people are like, oh, man, my business isn't generating a lot of money right now. But then you look up in year three, year four, and it's like my business is generating too much money right now. And so I feel like in business, that's kind of how it goes. But also in real estate or investing or in all these different things, like I'm aggressively looking for more vending machine routes while we have current vending machine routes paying us. I'm 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 always looking to rehab the properties we own while the properties that we own are paying us. I'm looking to expand and maybe buy more barbershops while the barbershop we have are paying us. But then also you start snowballing that joint. And so now your barbershop buys you another barbershop. Now your home is buying more homes. And so it's like this huge snowball when you do the right stuff, the wealth just kind of gets thrown at you versus when you are working a job and you give away your hours for money. And then you look up at the end of the year and you're like, damn, I made $70,000 this year, but I don't got no money saved. You ever done that before? Like, I never forget when I was like, I don't know when, but like, I would look at the W-2 you get for your taxes and it shows all the money that you made. And then you look at the money that you have saved. You're like, where did that money go? And it speaks to what Julian Gordon always talks about in regards to income. It's like your income is what you have after you spend your money. It's not what you get. It's not the top line. That's just the revenue. It's your expenses. What do you have after you have expenses? Because that's going to be your investment cap. But I said something today. I was like, you know, I realized that it's very difficult to build wealth if the only source of income that you have is your working income. Because your working income isn't set up for you to be able to liberate yourself. It's literally set up for you to be subservient. It's literally set up so you don't have enough money to divert outside of their plan. It's set up so that you have to follow their orders strictly. Otherwise, you could be homeless. And I hate that feeling. And that's why I'm very glad that things are kicking to the point where now I can create my own passive sources of income because there's nothing more emasculating than having somebody feel like they have the, the ability to determine your, your fate. And my uncle, I was talking to him recently and he just retired. Very wealthy individual, paid off home, million dollars in the bank or more. Um, they just travel the world. But he told me, he was like, you know, I was working at a job where they were looking at me and they were treating me like I'm going to steal their stuff. Or I had women over me who were just like, kind of like trying to tell me what to do and exert their power over me. And he's like, you know what? So I just retired. And I was like, that is the benefit of being financially free. That is the benefit of paying your mortgage off early. That is the benefit of being frugal. That is the benefit of being frugal. When you're frugal, you get the power back. When you spend all your money trying to look like you have money, you always got to be at the moment of their paycheck. And that's important and that's powerful. And it speaks to all these different things I talk about because it's not just the money to buy stuff. It's the ability to have self-respect. It's the ability to tell you, F you. It's called F you money for a reason because the goal is to say F you. We have F you assets. F you assets. <laughs> F you assets. That's an interesting one, man. It said, if you are a black male and successful in a system that wasn't set up for you to win and you are humble, meek, or docile, slander is going to find you. Even if stuff folks just made up. Embrace it. Man. But don't stop striving. I feel like 
this actually might even go towards if you're a female and you're African-American, you win. Um, if you guys have not read the book, and I think I'm going to touch on this on this podcast. If you aren't, if you haven't read the book, um, Jay-Z, Michael Eric Dyson, he talks about what's called bright hustling. So he actually kind of posed it against the other kind of hustling where he talks about how like a lot of African-American people, they felt like they couldn't make it in society. So they had to underground hustle. Like people would think they have no choice but to sell drugs or play basketball. And he said, that's one thing. We know that's illegal. However, there's another thing called bright hustling where people start businesses or they invest in real estate or they house hack their home or they start a podcast. They do all these different things. And despite doing all those things, people still deem it as illegal activity. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. Because people have said like, oh, that investment club is a scam. That investment club is this. And I was like, dang, that sucks, man. But then I saw they did the same thing to uh, Money May Do. They're coming at Money May Do like, oh. Really? Yeah, that's a scam. Yeah. And then I saw they're coming at Tasha. Tasha posted something and she was talking about how like you can work with her. Oh, and you yeah. can turn your $1,000 into 5000 And somebody's like, well, that's a Ponzi scheme. And I'm like, no matter what you do, somebody's <laughs> always going to hate you. But aside from that, the worst part about it is when, when people make up stuff, man. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced this a lot. It's like when people can't hate on you for the reality of it, they start making up stuff to downplay you. And I'm not trying to say that I do everything right, but I try to do a lot of things right. Um, left high school, went to college, went to college, got a job in a in a firm, worked my firm job, went to law school, got out of law school, got married, went to grad school, got our own place, working to get in the home, having a baby. Like I did, I, I feel like I've done all the things you're supposed to do, but people are still going to like try to find things to, to downplay you despite doing everything. And I've seen it happen. Like for example, Bitcoin Dunny, he was like, this dude, Todd millionaire was in grad school for five years. But you know, what's crazy is the reason why I wrote that. I had a, my bio at the time said um, like undergrad degree in finance, law degree, MBA in progress. And then it said like not rich because not rich, yeah, people were yeah people were assuming that I was rich just because my name was Todd Millionaire and so they're like oh he's not rich he's saying he's rich I'm like I didn't say I'm rich but the crazy part about it is then you get slander in other places then it's like oh well he's he hasn't done his MBA yet so there's always gonna be somebody that's there gonna that's gonna criticize you but the crazy thing about it is we getting rich and so I can't wait to throw it in people's face because like they said oh he's not a millionaire like oh but I'm a millionaire now bitch. And so like, I feel like the crazy part about it is you walk into what you say, but that doesn't mean people aren't going to hate, man. People are going to hate when you confess things over your life. They're going to hate when you tell them that you're going to do great stuff. It's like some, uh, some Muhammad Ali stuff. He was like, I'm the greatest. I said it before I knew I was like, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do before I'm going to do it. But the problem is they want you to be humble. But the thing is, I don't want to be humble and I'm not going to be humble. And I encourage every person out there striving to not be humble. I'll never tell Chris to be humble. I'll never tell Tosh to be humble. I'll never tell the other Tosh to be humble. I'll never tell you to be humble. I don't want you to be humble. I want you to be great. I want you to do great things. I want you to reach crazy heights because we don't need no humble Negroes, man. You can be polite and kind and nice, but you don't got to think low of yourself, man. 
And nobody should expect you to think low of yourself. And if they expect you to think low of yourself, they're not the people that you want to be around them. I put out a tweet. I'm not sure if you're going to put it out there, but it was talking about how like when somebody who's broke or somebody who's lame sees somebody successful, they start hating. It's like, oh, post your screenshots or, oh, you didn't make that much money or, oh, this and that. But then you see somebody else out there who's successful and it's like, man, that's dope. Keep it up. Like I see Hood States when I'm like, keep it up. I'm not over here like, oh, how you make all that money? It's like, that's lame, man. And it's like the Rick Ross post. And Rick Ross is talking about how, like, there are people out there who won't even like or retweet or comment on your stuff. He's like, but I'm going to like and retweet everything you put out there. I'm going to promote everything you got going out there. And he was like, if you're rich, that's how you're supposed to be acting. And I was like, that's crazy. He was like, if you want to be rich, that's how you should, should be acting. I was like, that's crazy. Like, it speaks to an abundance mentality. Like, I believe there's an abundance for you and for me. I believe you can get money and I can get money. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. So I'm going to help you get there. I'm going to promote you and get in there. And people who know me know that's my business model. I promote people. I help them. I support them. Because what you don't realize is they get exposure and you get exposure. So the podcast gives everybody exposure. The podcast gives earn your leisure exposure. And it gives the guest exposure. It's quid pro quo. They want us to think that only one of us can win. They want us to think there can only be one us. They want us to think that way. They don't realize that if we all push each other forward, we all win. If I push you forward, I win. If you push me forward, you win. They don't want us to think that because they don't want too many winners. They just want one. They'd rather deal with one black winner than deal with a bunch of black winners. So they thinking like, oh, you got to compete against him because it's only one spot at the Oscars. Fuck the Oscars, man. Right, right, right. That, that brings me to the tweet that you put out too. Uh, if we had a whole community of folks who made money helping others make money, our community would want for nothing. They win, you win, we all win. The crazy part about like business and, and, and success and building your own economy is it's a cycle. I was thinking about this. I was like, bro, like, if I pay, no, if Erica pays me a hundred bucks and I take that same hundred bucks and I pay Donald the voice, three people got paid, two people got paid off the same hundred dollars. That's income for three people. It's a hundred bucks. That's how bouncing the dollar works. Bouncing the dollar creates wealth. That's why they don't want you to do it because you literally don't even have to really create more money or bring more money into your community. All you got to do is keep the money that you already have. So Somebody posted something, and what I'm realizing with my my current venture is my clients make a lot of money, and I make a lot of money. We're all winning here. I taught you something at scale that's going to help you take a guy took seventy five dollars and turn it into twelve hundred bucks. There's people out there doing two thousand dollar days. Somebody made twelve thousand dollars a day. Somebody made twenty two thousand dollars a day. And all I'm doing is helping people. Uh-huh. I'm not losing anything. I'm only gaining things. So we have a community that consists of problems. We don't have people that want to solve those problems, not realizing that all you're doing is helping people. If kids need to learn 
their math, their science, and education, and you know those things, and you help them, which then helps them get into a better college, which helps them get a, a better job or start a better business, right. you helps them, they paid you, we all win. Like, I don't understand why it's so foreign to us. I don't understand why the concept of like helping people and being compensated for it is so foreign. A lot of people expect you to help them for free. A lot of people expect you to give them the game for free. I'm not going to give you the game for free, but I'll give you the game for low. So you got to pay me something. You don't got to make me rich, but you got to pay me something. And I feel like that's just good business. But what you realize is that if you help enough people at a low price, you will get rich. You don't got to charge somebody 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 for the game. You don't, you don't got to limit who you work with to just 200 people. We have a hundred million African-American people. I don't know how many people, how many African-American people there are, but let's just say it's a hundred million. Like you could say, oh, I'm only selling my product for two grand, three grand, four grand, or you could sell it for what I do, which is a hundred bucks. If I sell a hundred dollar product to 10,000 people, that's $10 million. No, it's $1 million. It's $1 million. Is it? Let's check. I feel like, let's see. 10,000 times 100. It's a million dollars. 10,000 people. Do you know what 10,000 is of 100 million? 100 million divided by 10,000. It's 1%. I need 1% of the market to make a million dollars. That's it. And so I feel like we have to help people and part of helping people is not raping people. Part of helping people is not charging $10,000 for your product just because it can make somebody $10,000. There's people out there taking my product and on that first trade, making their money back. I'm not tripping. I don't care. I, I, I didn't give away my game for free. But one thing you will know is that I can, if I decide to raise the prices, like that's a part of business as well. As the demand grows, your price can increase. But a lot of people, they have an opposite. They hop out there like, oh, it's a $10,000 course. It's going to make you your money back in trade one. Oh, this is what I'm worth because this is how much it's going to pay you. I feel like it's backwards. A lot of people don't know business. A lot of people are out here trying to take advantage of the people and not give and serve and help. I tell people like when you work with me, it's not just here's the course. It's also sliding the DMs. It's also I'm sending you a voice note. It's also... I'm going to answer your phone call. It's also, I'm going to answer your text. I'm going to answer your email. I'm, I'm going to invite you to this group because my goal is for you to be successful. My goal is for you to pay me a hundred bucks, make a thousand bucks. Like if that's it, like that's good business. I can do that a hundred thousand times over. And that's really the goal. The goal is like, how can I get a hundred thousand people? Not like, how can I get a thousand, two thousand, three thousand? Like if I'm giving that much value, I'm going to get the money. But if I make $10 million off of something and people make a thousand or whatever they make off of it, then so be it. I'd rather feel like they might be taking advantage of me. Meanwhile, I made $10 million. Who really took advantage of who? All right. I just want us to help each other, man. That's all. It's like, I want us to look at somebody else with a problem and say, how can I help you? Mm. Not how can you help me? Not how can you give me the game for free? Like if we did that, we wouldn't have any problems. If you have a community without no problems, you don't have a hood, you don't have a ghetto, you have a community. Like that's what I want us to have. I just I just want the function. Right, right. And you said y'all would happily spend two hundred on sneakers that cost someone twenty dollars to make, but will harass someone over a fifty dollar course that will make you thousands. It's kind of self explanatory, but it's it was just something yeah. I realized. I was like, bro, like I just bought some Yeezys. 
I paid 200 for these Yeezys and they probably cost like 20 bucks. And then the whole like how much it costs to make versus how much it's going to make you. It was kind of like a double entendre. Don't even ask me how. So I just realized I was like, bro, like that's so funny. Like the course has cost you 100 bucks. It's going to make you a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand. Y'all don't want to pay that. Y'all be like, oh, I can learn on YouTube. Man, I watched a YouTube video. That YouTube video, people keep bouncing around. It says how to trade stocks in Robinhood. It was the most boring thing ever because he's not teaching you necessarily how to make money. He's mm. teaching. It's like a big, it's like reading a dictionary. It's like reading the stock option dictionary. And I just, I was looking, I was like, this isn't for me. I tried to watch it. I watched like 20 minutes of it. I just turned it off. He, it was very detailed, but I think that it was too detailed. And I tell people like, and I was thinking about this. I was like, I don't care about what everything is about everything because people will go down a rabbit hole and they'll start analyzing all this other stuff when really you need to find something you understand, look at the chart and decide if you're going to buy it period. Mm. And you might win, you might lose, but it's not your responsibility to win 100% of the time. It's your responsibility to just win maybe 50% of the time, but you've got to at least swing the bat. Mm. You know, it's funny. Uh, you're talking about the Oscars. People talk about that mm. every year, man. Like, why are we still worried about being invited to their house? Why is, <laughs> like, why is nobody started their own award show yet? Like, I don't think it has to be that cr- that crazy and expensive. Like, just create some and then say invite people, man. And just throw a party. If the if the celebrities don't show up, just throw a party and maybe announce some winners. That's it. Yeah. And there will be the, it won't take much. We 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 know how to throw a party. Our people know how to be. The life of the party. <laughs> that award show will go up in no time. In yeah. no time. I feel, I feel like we got to start learning to value ourselves, man. It's sad. Like, we put everybody else's opinion above us, but us. I don't, but other people do. And that's why we keep running to them, trying to get them to love us. And that's a, a sign of weakness. Like, nobody respects that. Right. Nobody People, people would respect your bootleg show more than they would respect you running to be a part of their show. Like, and I think we should be aiming more for respect than getting liked because like being liked is overrated. I never strive for being liked. I only strive to be respected because respect comes with power. Power comes with influence. Power comes with wealth. You're going to build wealth by chasing respect. You're going to build poverty by chasing being liked. I was watching Dr. Boyce Watkins and he was talking about that. He was like, Everybody likes the person they can, whose ass they can kick. So it's like, if they can kick your butt and you're over here like, what else you want next? Of course they like you. They don't respect you, but they like you. And he was like, I want people to aim for being respected. Same thing I'm saying. This podcast is brought to you in part by investattheteam.com. We have created the official merch of Generational Wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can fire me the boss. Always remember, no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates, exclusive collection available at investattheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. You said uh, a lot of people admire the results of my decisions, but will argue me down on the principles that support the decisions. I'm glad you brought this up because I was talking to my uncle 
and my wealthy uncle, and he was telling me, he was like, man, he wanted to do a like men's brunch because his goal is to bring the men of all the different generations together and kind of have like a powwow, have like a talk where we go over all these different things and let the young brothers know that they have support. And then also let the guys who are kind of like my age know we have support. And I have a big family. So I have four uncles, three aunts, and then of course my mom. So probably have like 25 cousins, 25 cousins. Let's say it's half and half boys and girls. My uncle was like, man, like everybody looks up to you though. Everybody's always talking about the great stuff that you're doing. Everybody's always talking about like blah, 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 Charles. He's like, they really like, they look up to you a lot. And I was like, it's interesting because those same people will, if I tell them how I think about things, they're going to argue me down. And it's the same thing I realized on, on, uh, on Twitter. It's like, people will see what you're doing and they'll be like, dang, that's dope. Like you guys own real estate, you guys are investing, you guys are doing this. But the moment I tell them stop spending money on dumb stuff, like, oh no, can't stop spending money on dumb stuff. I got to live. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, they go hand in hand. The reason why we own all these things is because we don't spend money on ignorant things. Nah, I got to live, bro. Don't you know if you work too hard, you go and hurt yourself or you got it. Like the stuff they were talking to Aisha, like Aisha lives a model life. She lives a model life because she does the stuff they debate. And so they'll, they'll, they'll look at Aisha's life and want her life. And then Aisha will tell you what she did. She said, I sacrificed my 20s for this shit. They're like, I can't sacrifice my 20s. I need my 20s. You only live once. And I'm like, do you want the result or do you want the comfort? Because the two look different. And so I just realized that like my cousins, they'll look at what I'm doing and they'll love it. But I guarantee you, I go and tell them what to do step by step by step. And they're going to argue me down. They're going to be like, oh, no, I can't do that. Or, oh, no. Why would I have to? Why I got to do all that? I shouldn't have to do that. Do you want the result or do you want what you shouldn't have to do? Because they go hand in hand. I shouldn't have to wear a suit every day. I shouldn't have to shave my face. What if I want to wear a beard, Raphael? I can't wear a long beard in my office and be accepted professionally. So I got to rock a clean face. There's results that come as a result of that. There are so many different things. I don't want to have to talk to cops who are disrespectful respectfully, but it keeps you from getting shot. Like people can disagree with it. They can agree with it. Or you can just chase the result. I've always been a I'm chasing the result type person, not a I'm chasing what feels good type person, or I'm chasing what I think is right type person. I'm chasing the result. And so that's one thing that I realized is, and I'm actually glad you brought that up because people will do it, man. People will come at you and they'll want what you have, but they don't want to do what you do. Man, on that, kind of on that subject, it's funny how you could say something like, all right, when, uh, when you started Talk Capital, started off in stock, the stock club, right? Stock investment club. But then- I made, made money in the past seven minutes. It's lit. I love this shit, man. Ecom is so unlimited. People hit me up. They're like, I'm from UK. Can I invest? I'm like, of course. But then I realized I'm out here doing business in UK. I'm doing business in Canada. People in Canada are like, man, how can I do this in Canada? Isn't that crazy, Raphael? Yeah. Like, how Shout out to the internet. Like, how do they even find you and stuff, man? But and then saying- it's like, you. Mm-hmm. I only have 50,000 followers. I've only hit this much of the market. 
there's so much more that I have to penetrate. And then every time I do a good week, I'm like, dang, that was the most I'll ever do. And then I do a better week. So I don't know if I'm going to do a better week than last week. Last week was nuts. Yeah. Last week was not for you. Man, we'll, we'll see, see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. The internet, the internet is unlimited. Yeah, man. Hashtag teamwork. Well, I'm saying, when, when you started um, with the investment club, getting into real estate in Detroit, you know, you start posting it. And it's like you start off with um, single family residences. Of course, people go to be like, oh, bro, multifamily is, is the way. It's like, you can say, oh, we do it. We making big moves. We got like five rentals. We better, now we up to like eight, 10. Be like, nah, bro, single family in it. You got to do a multifamily. And they meanwhile, you're like, wait a minute. How many, how many properties do you have? I feel like one of the, I don't know if college did this for me or what, but I have this ability to hear people say shit and be unmoved. Like, I just, I believe in me, like Kanye says. I believe in me. You believe in you. And all I want to do is just, like, I, like we discussed last week, like, I'm not willing to let anybody tell me what is what. I just have that much faith in my own decisions. And there's going to be a lot of noise. Like, I feel like that's the, the key to being successful is hearing the noise and just shutting it out. Yeah, I see some funny stuff on there, man. People give you, people become experts on Twitter, like nobody's business. Oh no, you gotta do multifamily. Oh, oh, the best one. I forgot the best one. Um, a, a, a personal residence is not an asset. You know, like if it's not paying you, it's it's not an asset. It's like, oh come on, man. Like most of the time, I can tell that he's like, I bet you rented. I bet you a renter. <laughs> right. <laughs> I bet you rent right. an apartment. Now I ain't gonna say there's something wrong with you rent an apartment, but don't come on, don't come online and, and be telling people what to do, man, about what they should be buying, what kind of house they should be buying if you rent an apartment. At this point, property. Like I'm at this point in life, I'm just like, I believe what I believe, you believe what you believe, and that's it. Like what I'm doing is working for me. And so I'm gonna double down on what's working for me. I had that conversation in the office today when I was talking about about buying stocks and I was like dang like all these great companies are going down in value like I need a piece of that and so one of the guys I work with he was like oh I wouldn't buy they could potentially go on further and I was like yeah they probably could but I'm not really worried about that and he was like but they're losing money and I was like you know what bro I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do you <laughs> do what you all right like I I don't need you to co-sign my decisions he's not even an investor he doesn't have a background in investor. I work with a bunch of lawyers and a lot of these lawyers don't have business degrees. A lot of these lawyers have degrees in history and political science, or they just have a double law degree. And so I'm at a point now where it's like, first you got to qualify the advice. Am I even having a conversation with a person who's qualified to have this conversation? The other, you got to determine whose opinion you value more. I was talking to somebody today and I was telling her all the dope things I plan on doing. And she was like, Oh, but this, 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 this. And I was like, I don't need your fear. I don't need your, your, I don't need you to tell me what's hard, what's dangerous, what's going to take up my time. I'm after the money. So I was telling her, I was like, you know what? I think I need to introduce one-on-ones to the options course because I keep getting a bunch of DMs and I, I, I feel like that's another source of revenue. Like, and she was like, oh, but you got to be careful. Like, I don't need to be careful. I need to get that money. Because the thing is, is even, even doing the options course is kind of like, it can be risky at times because clients could potentially take the options course and lose money. But 
I'm finding like, fuck the risk, man. Go get that money. Go get the money. Because some of the people are holding, at, holding back on what they can do because of what could go wrong instead of what could go right. I'm okay with what can go wrong. I can leverage against that. I'm not okay with not being able to do what I want in life because I just played it too safe. Mm. On that note, we're going to wrap this up. Raphael, we made the most money in this podcast, in the history of podcasts. We've been talking for an hour. We made one, two, three, four, at least six sales, but I feel like it's more. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Let's call it seven. Seven sales, man. I'm not even doing any work. I'm going to go to sleep and make $1,000. That's cool. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that to tell people to stop coming for me. I'm sick of this shit. So I got some Chargers season tickets today. I'm kind of excited about that. And they're actually not that expensive. They're not that expensive, man. Like, you pay a seat license fee, and the seat license fee is a certain number for 10 years. So it's $3,000 per seat for 10 years, Raphael. So it's $6,000. It's basically 600 bucks per year, which is basically $60 per month. It's actually $50 per month. Who doesn't have 50 bucks per month? Yeah. And then the actual tickets, because you have to buy the actual tickets, those are $2,000, $1,000 a piece, $2,000. But they even let you pay that in payments. The whole thing is in payments. So I'll basically get season tickets and I'm going to just chuck out the payments. But we paid that much money to go to the games and maybe I'll sell a few, a few games. I'll sell like two tickets, three tickets, four tickets, and I'll make like half my money back and we'll be good. I never thought about that. That's really smart. But now I get to go to all the games, which is great. So where we where we at now? Oh, okay. I'll try it for a second there. So we're going to wrap it up uh, with the last tweet. Need more money, acquire more assets. Like So I was, I was talking to somebody and um, – I was talking to somebody and um, I was telling her, like, I'm going to start a, a different business. I forgot what that business was. Oh, I was talking about the vending machines. I was like, I'm going to buy some more vending machines. And she was like, but what if they shut it down for coronavirus? What if they can't get access to it? I was like, business owners don't become employees just because business is bad. Like, if you're a business person, you make money through business. You don't make money through changing time for money, period. And I bring that up because we got to recondition our mind. Like Ace, Ace, uh, not Ace, um, I forget his name, but he says, you got to change your relationship with money. And so what I mean by that is like, you got to change how you view making money. Do you view making money by changing time for money or just buying more assets and giving yourself a raise? If you need more money, how are you going to get it? Are you going to work harder or are you going to find something to acquire? I'm of the mindset that I only want to engage in the business and investing space, meaning I only want to either acquire more assets, build more assets, and that's how I just want to make my money. Like if I want more money, then I got to buy another vending machine route, or then I got to buy another rental property, then I got to buy another type of business. Like that's just how I am mentally. And I feel like that's the right place to be because then your mindset changing, your focus changes. You're not looking for a raise anymore. You're not looking for another man to bump up your salary. Now it's like, what can I do to increase my salary? And what can I do without spending any of my own money? Because that's important as well. So 
it, it, it kind of speaks for itself. But for me, it's more so about adopting that mindset of acquiring assets for income as opposed to working harder or getting a raise or getting people to like you. Yeah, so you heard it. Because they ain't going to like it. Need more money, acquire more assets. Buy them or build them. Buy them or build them. Do both if you can. So we're going to wrap it up. Be sure to get the uh, options trading workshop at gumroad.com slash Todd Capital. Of course, Lit. we also have the vending machine business webinar, how to buy assets as a group, how to start an investment club. So many ways to get to this money. Gumroad.com slash Todd Capital. Check it out. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Got Charles at Todd Billy, T-O-D-D-B-I-L-L-I. Raphael at Work Money Life. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast, at Partner with Millie, at Todd.Capital, at Bless a Black Man. Just jump on this train with us, man. Also, shout out Black Real Estate Dialogue for the fresh shirt. This thing is cool. I don't know why I like this shirt so much. I think it's because the contrast between the black and the white is just really fly, but I like this shirt a lot. It's a cool shirt. Shout out to Sammy. Yeah. He's always he's always posting yeah. us. He's definitely always posting us in his stories and stuff. Shout out to Sammy, man. Yeah. you, they win. He wins, we win. We all right, win. Right. We don't got to be competing out here, man. We just got to buy Panerai. <laughs> I'm always interested in what you're going to name this episode because you, you always pick cool names. So good job of picking the names, man. Yeah. Thank you, man. I try. I try. Now we need to watch. All right, people. Buying this option courses. Charles is buying a watch. You got to follow him on Instagram to see what he comes with or on Twitter. You got the Bell and Ross. It's pretty fly. You got the 17th watches. Panerai is coming. You got to vote on which one you want Charles to get, man. You got to give him that Panerai. Then you, later on, we get them some Mariner. Uh, this might be, man. <laughs> All right. Episode 39. Tweet Talk. Rafael and Charles, we are out. Yo, this is your boy, Donald the Boys. Donald the Boys. And that's right. If you're listening, then you know a little bit of my swag, my production. I'm a voiceover artist, podcast producer, and also a little bit of a creative. And I want to offer you a special offer for this podcast listenership. That's right. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you need any kind of commercials, promos, or advertisements, that then I'll be sure to hook you up. With prices starting as low as $50 for a fully produced commercial, I'm willing to give you the best value that you can get anywhere. So once again, head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And I look forward to talking to you. Yeah. <laughs>